Outdated or possibly even dangerous drugs, are there better options? Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be talking about how there may be some medications that are no longer the best choice for many conditions, maybe even harmful. Dr. Forrest is a board-certified family physician from Apex, North Carolina. I'm Mike Davis. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday afternoon. We'd like to take a moment to thank the companies that support our program. We'd like to thank Marley Drug in Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping, often at costs that are much lower even than the big box pharmacies. You can check them out at MarleyDrug.com. They also have a membership program now where for as low as $30 a month, you can get all of your generic medications shipped for free uh, anywhere in the United States. Uh, and so if you want, if you have more interest in that, you can uh, definitely talk to us, contact Whitney at our office. Uh, we'd also like to thank We Care Pharmacy of Apex for sponsoring our tip of the week. You can check them out at wecarepharmacyapex.com. You can also call at 919-629-6010. And the folks there at We Care, uh, they also will be helping us out with some special shows this year uh, on other prescription medications. Uh, and lastly, but uh, not least, we'd like to thank Wake Family Eye Care and Dr. Badwan for helping out with our show. Uh, you can check them out at wakefamilyeyecare.com. Dr. Forrest, we get some great emails from our listeners following up on uh, the discussions that we have here on Access Health Radio. And sometimes they want information about your practice, or maybe they want more information about uh, that day's topic. If folks do want to get in touch with you, uh, how can they reach you and find out more about Access Health? Well, if they'd like information about our medical practice in Apex, they can go to acchealth.com. Again, that's acchealth.com. And our phone number at the office is 919-363-0190. Again, 919-363-0190. Uh, and Whitney would be glad to uh, help assist them and direct them where they needed to be. After the show, they can also listen to an on-demand podcast at uh, Apple Podcast or at WPTF.com. And we have some older archive shows that we keep at accesshealthradio.com. Dr. Forrest, the title of today's show really catches your attention. I'm sure that listeners will be checking their own prescriptions after today's show to see if they're on any of these lists. So why are doctors still using medications that are less safe or maybe have side effects that are not so good? Well, unfortunately, the, the safest medications are not always the ones that get recommended. Um, there have been a lot of changes over the last 10 to 15 years in medicine. And one of those is that instead of physicians and patients making all the decisions about what medicine is best for patients, often the financial considerations or the preferences of the insurance company or Medicare have a, had a huge impact on the decisions about what medications are prescribed. Uh, there have been many advances in medical treatments with safer and more effective medications becoming more available, but in many cases, the higher expense of those has made people pick uh, more dangerous drugs. And the litmus test that I use is this. I, I don't recommend any medication for a patient that I would not be willing for a family member or myself to take under the exact same circumstances. So if a medication is not something I would recommend for my own family, then I don't recommend it for patients. Well, that's a good rule of thumb. So could you give us some examples of some medications that might be harmful 
or maybe some that have safer alternatives? Well, we're just going to discuss the most common medications that may have better alternatives today. Um, I'll give the list, and then we'll go into a discussion on each one of those and also talk about some alternatives. Uh, but the list includes uh, medications digoxin, also known as lenoxin, Coumadin, uh, also known as warfarin, uh, atenolol, uh, glipizide, gliburide, and glimipiride. And those last three that, that uh, end in IDE are all in a class of medications called sulfonylureas. And it's interesting that most of these drugs have also been used commercially as pesticides or as herbicides. Wow. Okay. So we're actually putting some pesticides in us. Okay. I, as far as I know, I don't have any pests in my body, but I want to talk more about that as we go along. But right now, first, it's time for our Access Health Tip of the Week. Well, no matter what you hear on the radio or TV or on the internet, it is incredibly important that listeners understand they should never stop or change one of their prescription medications without first discussing it with their own physician. Uh, just stopping some medications can be dangerous and result in strokes and heart attacks if not properly done or if not traded for alternative medications. So it's very important that any listener uh, understand they should not alter their own medication regimen unless they have consulted with their own healthcare provider about it, even if that change is the right one to make. Yeah, that's good advice. Even if you saw it on Dr. Google, and we've talked about him before, <laughs> yeah. Uh, scary stuff, Doc. It really is. In all seriousness, uh, some of these drugs used as commercial poisons. Now, straight ahead, Dr. Forrest is going to go into more detail on these medications that he's mentioned and give you some suggestions for alternatives to talk with your physician about. Dangerous drugs, our topic today on Access Health Radio. Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis, and we're talking about possibly dangerous drugs, or at least some that have some better alternatives now. And I'm sure listeners are checking their uh, drug cabinet right now, uh, wanting to see what drugs should be avoided and what are some of the alternatives. Uh, what are we starting with, Dr. Forrest? Well, first, let's talk about a, a drug called digoxin, also known as lenoxin. Uh, this drug was first developed in the 1930s, and it comes from a plant called foxglove. Uh, it has been used for years to treat heart arrhythmias, including atrial fibrillation. However, recent studies have shown that a person taking digoxin's risk of dying early actually increases by 21%. Even worse, if you were taking it for an irregular heartbeat, you had a 29% increased risk of dying early. So patients that took it for heart failure also had a significant increase in early death. And there are just lots of alternatives now that are safer than digoxin. Some physicians will use a class of medication called calcium channel blockers like diltiazem. Uh, others use medications like beta blockers for these type symptoms. Uh, but the bottom line is there are safer choices in modern medicine uh, and even some of these that are generic and fairly inexpensive that can treat the same con conditions that uh, digoxin was meant for. The other downside to digoxin is that because it can be so toxic, most patients will have to get their blood checked on a regular basis to make sure it doesn't get into that dangerous or toxic level. Wow, that's uh, great. I, I want to I ask you, is there a reason why some of these dangerous drugs are still on the market? 
Well, I think the, the big reason they're still on the market is that they're inexpensive. Mm. And we know there's a lot of pressure on uh, the healthcare community, uh, both physicians and hospitals, to use the least expensive options they can. Uh, you know, pressure by both uh, the, you know, the government, but also by commercial uh, insurers and that kind of thing, uh, you know, because they want to save as much money as they can on what, what they have as expenditure for patients. What about Coumadin and Warfarin? You you mentioned that one, and I've known lots of people, in fact, folks in my own family that have taken that medication as a blood thinner. Are there better options for that? Yes. So Coumadin or Warfarin, as it's sometimes known, uh, has been very widely prescribed as a drug over the years. And people who have been on it have probably been cautioned by their physician about eating foods that are high in vitamin K, things like leafy greens, uh, because that can make the medication less effective. Um, it's because this drug works by affecting the vitamin's ability to make you clot your blood. And what many people may not know is that, um, you know, this drug is almost the same as a common pesticide that has been used as a rat poison for years. Mm. Um, and patients who have taken it know that they have to get their blood checked very often to make sure it's in a safe range. And that's really part of the problem is that, you know, physicians don't make a profit on selling Coumadin, but many clinics do make a lot of money on the blood testing for patients that are on Coumadin. And uh, there are even entire clinics uh, in our area that are focused on just testing and monitoring that medication. Therefore, some of the clinics have been sort of reluctant to change to some of the newer medications that don't require testing and monitoring Partially, unfortunately, because that might mean a loss of income for them because they're not going to have to do that testing. And the newer medications uh, are often called NOACs, uh, and they've been shown by the FDA to be um, somewhat safer than Coumadin in terms of risk for bleeding and shown to be slightly more effective in many cases of preventing strokes or clots. And to my way of thinking, if we have medications that have been proven to be you know, safer, even if it's only marginally, uh, and more effective than Coumadin, maybe those are better choices for most people. Um, now, there are patients uh, that due to their specific situation or finances, uh, you know, it might be a reasonable choice. It might be their only option. Um, but examples of some of those newer medications that can replace Coumadin are things like Eliquis, Xarelto, and Pradaxa. And for most patients, those are going to be a better choice. I would think there would be a better choice than a pesticide, but I am not a doctor, so I want to stress that. Uh, Dr. Forrest, I think most folks would prefer to take something other than a pesticide. What about some of the other medications? Well, one of the other ones uh, that's been used for years is atenolol, also called tenormin, and that's a beta blocker that's been used for years to control blood pressure, slow heart rate, and also for heart failure. Uh, first, let me say that all beta blockers are not bad. Uh, in fact, some of them are very helpful and safe, but atenolol specifically has been studied and compared to other similar medications and found to increase a patient's risk of stroke by as much as 26%. And our goal is to decrease your risk for strokes and heart attacks, not to increase it. So some have tried to understand why atenolol specifically causes this problem. And one theory is that although it lowers your blood pressure where you take it in your arm, it appears to to raise it centrally, you know, where your heart and brain are. Um, so, you know, it might be 120 over 80 in your arm, but if we were to measure your blood pressure at your heart level or your brain, it might be 160 or 180. So if you think about it, when you get cold, your blood flow actually decreases in your arms and legs and increases in the center part of your body. And that's likely part of the reason that atenolol has that effect on stroke because it does a similar thing. 
And patients who take a significant dose of it will also tell you that they feel like their hands and feet get cold and that they feel tired all the time. So at this point, there are lots of better options for patients uh, that are still in the beta blocker class and still have the same benefits. You know, for example, people with diabetes are better off on either carvedilol or nabivolol. Those are, are not known to raise blood sugar like some of these others are. And those with lung problems like asthma or COPD, they're going to be better off on metoprolol or nabivolol because they don't affect uh, breathing as much. So some patients, um, you know, use this family of medications also to prevent migraines. And for those patients, low doses of the beta blocker propranolol uh, might be a better option. This is Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician Dr. Brian Forrest. We're talking outdated and possibly even dangerous drugs today and their alternatives. What about diabetes medications, Dr. Forrest? I understand there's a whole family of older diabetes meds uh, that's not preferred anymore, but they may still be in common use. Can you tell us about those? Yes, there is a family of diabetes medications called sulfonylureas, that were commonly used in type 2 diabetes in the past. And these drugs function by squeezing out as much insulin as they could out of your pancreas. And that's the organ that makes insulin. Unfortunately, they were also pretty tough on your pancreas and appeared to make it die sooner so that your body could not produce its own insulin anymore. Uh, the other issue is that these medications frequently um, caused hypoglycemia or low blood sugar, and that can be really dangerous. So these drugs actually have been used as herbicides or plant poisons to kill weeds. And again, I'm not like you. I'm not crazy about medications that also work as commercial poisons or herbicides. Right. Uh, some of the common examples of the sulfonylureas include glipizide, gliburide, and glimipiride. Again, uh, anything for diabetes that ends in IDE might mean that you're taking one of those medications. And there are just simply much better options now, including metformin, which a lot of people are familiar with. It's usually the first best option for people. But other good options include the, the class of SGLT2s, uh, GLPs, and DPP4s. I realize that's a lot of alphabet soup, and it may not mean <laughs> a lot to listeners. Uh, but these are other oral medications that are much safer than the sulfonylureas. Uh, but there's a downside, and that's that uh, you know these newer, safer medications are much more expensive. And that's really the main reason uh, that sometimes patients still get prescribed that older class of sulfonylureas uh, because they're so cheap for patients and for insurance plans that uh, they often prefer that. Um, so I'll go back to what I said earlier, though. I don't uh, prescribe medications for patients that I would not feel comfortable with my family or myself taking, and I certainly wouldn't want anyone in my family taking a sulfonylurea. Well, I think that's... That's sound advice right there. We're going to be summarizing key information about potentially dangerous drugs straight ahead. Also, our Access Health Radio's trivia of the week coming up with Dr. Brian Forrest. This is Access Health Radio. This is Access Health Radio. I'm Mike Davis with board-certified family physician Dr. Brian Forrest of Access Healthcare in Apex, North Carolina. And he's talking outdated, possibly even dangerous drugs that may still be in your medicine cabinet. May want to take a look when we're all done today. There are better alternatives. Right now, though, Dr. Forrest, it's time for our Access Health Trivia of the Week. Well, the Trivia of the Week this week is uh, so maybe surprising to some, but, you know, digoxin is not the only poison that's been used as medicine. 
Uh, arsenic has been used to treat some types of cancer, uh, and compounds derived from snake venom and also a lizard called the Gila monster have also been uh, used for some blood pressure and diabetes drugs. So, you know, we've we've used poisons in the past as medicine, and honestly, some of those, you know, they've been therapeutically made fairly safe for people. Uh, but there's something about the idea that something that's a known poison uh, being used uh, for your medical condition it doesn't doesn't seem ideal. <laughs> no, it that doesn't really fit, does it? Uh, and uh, I'm glad that there's some better alternatives that are coming along. Again, I'm not a doctor, but uh, I'm I'm not crazy about the idea of chug a lugging uh, something that I just sprayed to kill weeds in the yards. What are some of the keys that you would like for folks to take away from today's show, Doctor Forrest? Well, I think first this is this you know, merits repeating. It's very important that nobody should ever stop their medication that they've been prescribed on their own. Um, you know, stopping blood thinners or heart medications can be really dangerous uh, if you don't do it properly or if you don't replace it with a better alternative. Uh, you really need to always consult your own physician before you make any medication changes, even if, you know, those are definitely changes that need to happen. And if it's the right thing to do, uh, and you're going to change it, you still want to consult with your physician and find out the best way to do that, the timing of it, and make sure, especially if it's something that you're going to need to replace it with a better medicine, you know, you don't want to have something bad happen like a stroke or a heart attack in the week between, you know, stopping the old bad medicine and starting the new one. So that's, that's a key point, really important. Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked extensively about several medications that in the modern era may have better alternatives but just briefly, I want to cover this short list again. Um, if you are taking any of these medications, you really should talk to your physician about if there are better alternatives that might be safer. So uh, the first one is digoxin, also goes by the name Lenoxin. Second is Coumadin, also known as Warfarin. Third is Atenolol, or also called Tenormin. And then the last three all end in IDE, and they are diabetes drugs called sulfonylureas, and they are glipizide, gliburide, and glimipiride. Um, and you know, in with this, this short list, and there are others, and I think we might expand this topic and cover it on some future shows. Some other medications that have some good alternatives. These were just the ones that stand out in my mind as the ones that, whenever I see it on a new patient's med list, I'm you know, I have a terror terror in my heart for a second, mm. like oh no, who did that? Who put them on that kind of thing? So there usually are better choices uh, for those that we've covered today. Well, uh, really good advice today, and I'm so glad that we covered this today. But that's all the time we have today, Dr. Forrest. Well, remember, if you need to find the cheapest prices on your prescription medications in your area, you can search for the best prices at ahdrx.com. Again, that's ahdrx.com. There's also an app you can download from the uh, iTunes or Google Store. Our scripture is from Psalms 141 through 3. Rescue me, O Lord, from evil men. Preserve me from violent men who devise evil, things in their hearts. They continually stir up wars. They sharpen their tongues as a serpent. Poison of a viper is under their lips. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Radio Show today, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.